This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney, along with Colin Ward. That was an eventful weekend, I'd have to say. Uh, trade deadline is done. We are at a couple games. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice to get out. That was nice to finally get out. First time since the break, we were able to have like a two and two, a back to back. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, no fans. That sucked. Yeah, interesting. We might, yeah, we should give our thoughts on that. The no fans. Yeah. So that not a lot of people have saw the no fan effect. It's kind of interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. There's some, there's some odd moments for sure. It's like, oh, I wish there was fans here, but it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't it was as prime real thought. estate, though. So that was all right. Oh, yeah. Sit right That's at center nice. ice. Open season. Yeah, open season. Worked out well. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, second episode of the year, and it's a good one. Trade deadline review show. We won't go over every trade. Don't worry. We won't bore you to death by going over every trade and analyzing every trade because we'd be here all night, and you would get bored and probably turn it off. So um, major trades, and, I mean, it kind of works out. Uh, second episode. On the Bulldogs Audio Network, they get the biggest splash of the year. A lot of picks traded, too. Landing Mason McTavish. So we will, of course, get into that um, with ourselves and with the voice of the Bulldogs, Reed Duffy. Uh, back. He's going to be on the show. And there's we, we had to have someone from the Bulldogs to discuss this because it was, you know, it was too big of a deal not to chat about yeah. it, especially with all the rumors of, oh, no, McTavish, he's going to stay in Peterborough. They're not planning on trading him. Oh, yeah, that worked out well, didn't it? Good rumors. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. But that was a bluff. But, yeah, it was interesting, that's for sure. And, I mean, we are going to get Mr. Steos on, but pretty busy. busy pretty man. busy. When the GM makes a trade deadline, made some big moves the last couple of days. So, maybe another time, maybe another time. But he was busy, that's for sure. Yeah, we'll go over the winners. We'll go over the losers uh, of the trade deadline. Some teams who stayed a little bit quieter that we thought would be a little bit more active. Uh, we'll give you our thoughts on that. Of course, we'll begin with our featured game. Yesterday, it was the Kitchener Rangers hosting the London Knights. Uh, so we'll get to that. Colin stat of the day. Still got to think of a sponsor for it, so... Uh, that should be an interesting one. Uh, we'll also get to the player and goaltender of the week that was announced on Monday afternoon. And of course, we'll get to the trade deadline part of the show, break it all down for you. After that, we'll break. Reed Duthie will join us. And then to finish off the show, fingers crossed, we get a game that doesn't get postponed for the featured game of the week. That would be nice. But Thanks, Todd. Graphics look good, Reese. Graphics look Thanks, good. Thanks, man. Reese, by the way. Appreciate that. Those graphics are sick. I try. Oh, yeah. Those are good. Yeah. Those are good ones. Uh, we will get to this week's featured game. Of course, it was supposed to be the Ottawa 67s taking on the Hamilton Bulldogs. That one was supposed to take place Saturday afternoon. Postponed, of course. So we decided to go to Kitchener, which actually worked out because we ended up seeing the Sudbury Wolves and Niagara Ice Dogs go head-to-head Saturday night. Uh, and then we were at the odd Sunday evening. Four o'clock started the odd, which was a little bit nice. different, but uh, you know, still better than six o'clock on a Sunday. Uh, yeah, it was nice to move them up. We should play more day games. Yeah, we should play more day saying. games on the afternoon, like in the weekends. We should play more day games with no fans. 
especially those Saturday Sunday games. There's no use to play at six o'clock on the Sunday night with no fans. Kind of tough for travel. Like I mean, and I'm not cutting anybody up, but I mean, you look at Oshawa yesterday uh, on Sunday night, a six o five home game against Sudbury. Trade deadlines on Monday. That's pretty tough to get back home to Sudbury. Yeah. With and Thompson was traded, Stillman was traded, and that's a tough trip. I mean, go back. For, so if Stillman gets traded, he gets traded to Peterborough. Can you imagine going from Oshawa to Sudbury then back to Peterborough? That's tough. Yeah, no yeah I wish it was an afternoon game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we decided to do it. Uh, Kitchener and London. Four o'clock start at the odd. And well, this one probably could have been a lot worse than it actually was. And especially with the start. I mean, 14 seconds in, I missed it. I was posting the video saying, hey, puck drop underway at the odd. Oh, and Colin, oh. Colin Ward sitting a couple seats next to me. Ooh, Steklov. I'm like, what? And everyone stops and the puck's in. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, I missed the first goal <laughs> of the game because I was tweeting out a video. But, put you on the belt carton. Put you on the belt carton. Boom, boom, boom. Curl Steklov, 14 seconds into the contest from Sean McGurn. Uh, made it a one nothing Knights lead at that point. They would get another one, uh, 15.49 mark of the first period. Antonio Strongest, first of two on the evening. Uh, Cody Morgan getting the assist. And that was the scoring summary through one period of play. And then, you know, move on to the second. London still controlling the pace of the game, still, you know, firing pucks at Chion. Uh, and it was Landon Sim, the eventual game winner, uh, his fifth of the season, from Cody Morgan and Antonio Strongest. 207 mark of the second period. Uh, that puck entered the net. Then it would be Strongest getting his eighth of the year, second of the game, what 706 mark. And yeah, that was that was a beautiful stick around the puck and then the backhander over the glove. It's kind of a little bit of a old Thomas Vanek. Remember Thomas Vanek used to do the all around the world and go this snapshot? Yeah. But he takes to the backhand. And, hey, it's nice to see him score a backhanded goal. You don't see a lot of backhanded goals anymore, even though it was a deke on the backhand. See that a fair bit. But you know, no one no one used the backhand anymore, so it's nice to see a nice backhander from Strongest. Highly skilled. Also, he tried the Michigan in that period, too. Yeah. Almost had it. He almost had it. Just Chion made the nice save, but it was close. So I wanted to bring that up. We almost had two goals a year from Antonio Strongest. He was all over the ice yesterday. That was for sure. Absolutely. Well, and – especially with, and we'll get to this, uh, with maybe the lack of, I don't know what the word you want to use for this, the lack of activity, I guess you could say, uh, by the London Knights. I uh, thought we'd see at least one big splash from them, but uh, you know, they stayed with what they had on Sunday, and well, it worked out on Sunday, so why not continue with it? It was 4 nothing Knights after two periods of play. Then the Rangers would finally... Get on the board a minute 36 into period number three. His first as a Kitchener Ranger after being acquired from Hamilton. Navrin Mutter from Jacob LeBlanc and Antonino Pugliese. 136 mark made it a 4-1 game. Then it'd be Patizian on the power play. 738 mark of the third. Francesco Pinelli and Justin Nolette getting and that's where assists. And that's where we both looked at each other and said, we might have a game here. And this might be a – Yeah, because Kitchener fans, controlled the first half of that third period. And, that, and that's where we're thinking, if there's fans in the building, this is where Kitchener really rides momentum. But then two minutes later, obviously, there's a different change. But yeah. fans in the building, that might have changed. 
Yeah, well, and Kitchener tried their best, and I think we'll touch on this, you know, and we'll compare it to the atmosphere in Niagara. And I mean, atmosphere, no fans. There really wasn't an atmosphere, but uh, in, <laughs> in Niagara, it was like it was quiet. I really didn't hear them pumping any crowd noise. Like, like the goal horn wasn't really the same loud, as what it usually is. Like it was like short pumps, whereas usually there's fans in the building that just do one long one and it sounds really cool. Whereas the Kitchener Rangers, they're pumping crowd music in, you know, they get the let's go Rangers chant going through the speakers. And you're like, pretty good. you know what? That's yeah. That's, that's the best you could do to try and simulate a fully attended game at the odd. Yeah, it was pretty good. I liked the last 10 seconds. They had the countdown too. That yeah. was good. Last 10 seconds of the period. And they had the countdown. That's cool. You get that's a little chill bit of style right there. And yeah, you get a little bit of a fan vibe. Yeah. So that's pretty cool that they had that. Can you imagine if they did it like chill, like what the baseball games did in 2020 when the MLB, uh, no fans, when they used to play the crowd noise from the MLB, the show. Yeah. Can you imagine if the OHL could do that? They should do that. They should get like the NHL sound effects in there. I was going to say, cause yeah. I think the Rangers pumped in crowd, like pumped in booze when they got called for a penalty. They did that a couple times. Yeah. And that was a nice touch. I like that touch. But yeah. you know what would have been? It would have been cool though. If they could get like the NHL, not like the like the fan soundtrack, and have their reactions because the NHL they have like in the video game they have their reactions. Yeah. So that'd be pretty, that'd be pretty cool if they could do that. All you gotta do is press the button and just cause like just have like a layout. You can make one of those pretty easily. Yeah. Later in the third, like you mentioned, Colin, two minutes exactly to the T after Patizian made it a four-two game. His first of his OHL career, and we talked about it in the warm-up, uh, standing in and that cool. London end. Logan Mayu can shoot the puck, and he, he did so to make it a 5-2 game for his first of his OHL career. <laughs> yes, he can. And first off, quickly, I just want to mention what a pass by show guest. Not a big deal. Brody Crane on this goal. Cross-ice, seam pass. I know uh, Billy Sullivan's going to love this about uh, mentioning this, this guy, but what a pass from Brody Crane cross ice. That's just a skill you're going to get from Brody. Good hands. But, yeah, Reese, we watch warm-ups with Logan Mayu, and I've been high on this guy since I saw him at 16, even before that minor midget. He was one of the best defensemen in his draft year. Saw him at the OHL Cup. He was unreal. He's so good. He, um, he can shoot the puck. The puck explodes off his stick. Everyone talks about Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews, his shot. But Logan Mayu is a defenseman with that shot. The puck explodes. That snapshot of him is right up there with Evan Bouchard, who has probably the best shot I've ever saw by a defenseman in the OHL that I've saw personally. I was just kind of biased and been around London the most, but Evan Bouchard to me had the best snapshot I've ever saw. Logan Mayu's right up there. Logan Mayu plus has the size that so makes him tougher to play against, in my opinion. But what a player he is. And uh, yeah, that puck explodes off his stick. That's for sure. Yeah, top shelf glove side. Uh, on Chion for his first OHL goal again, five two at that point, and then the Knights would get a power play. Mayu, his second of the game, Sean McGurn, Antonio Strangis assisting on the power play goal at the thirteen forty four mark. And it was funny to see all the Knights players or a couple guys standing in front of the net. Can't quite remember who it was. Um, immediately <laughs> pointing at Logan, saying, "Yeah, that's you. That's your second goal of the game. That's second goal of your career." Like they're quickly pointing right at him, like like appreciating all the work he's done and. You know, finally getting those first two goals. So that was you nice to was, see for him to get to get kind of off the schneid, I guess you could say, uh, and rolling and in then, his OHL career. 
And then you see the coaching staff for the Knights, too. Dale Hunter putting him back out there on the power play late to get that hat trick goal. Yeah. And you kept hearing, and that was the cool part of no fans. You kept hearing the bench guys like Luke Evangelista yelling, shoot, shoot. Well, a couple of guys started ass. banging the bench too with their skates yeah. or their sticks. Like, yeah, shoot, shoot the puck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was pretty funny. Kids are going to kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that would make it, that would close the books on this one. 6-2 final. London defeats Kitchener at the odd. On Sunday afternoon, three stars. Antonio Strange, star number one. Doesn't Deserve surprise it. me at all. Uh, he played very well. Uh, Sean McGurn, Cody Morgan following up, stars two and three. Again, <laughs> hoping we get a featured game that's not postponed coming up uh, this week because that would be awesome. But we will get to that in the final segment of the show. Get to the player and goaltender of the week before we get to call in stat of the day. Start with the player of the week. Uh, Wyatt Johnston of the Windsor Spitfires. Two goals, six assists, eight points in two games. And he was a plus six for the Spitfires. Over the weekend, a couple guys in consideration for it as well. His teammate, uh, Matthew Maggio, who recorded seven points. Uh, three goals, four assists in two games, of course. And then Mississauga Steelheads forward Luca Del Belbaluz, who had a new line mate over the weekend on uh, on Sunday. Uh, he had seven points as well, two goals and five assists in three games. Goaltender of the week, we will head across the border. Nolan Lalonde. Well deserved. Of the Erie Otters. Back-to-back wins for him. Uh, 144 goals against average over those couple of games and a 957 save percentage. Can Erie's kind of that sneaky, you know, hardworking team at the bottom of the Western Conference that, you know, you're going to play against them and it's like, it's not going to be easy. And Erie was very quiet. They didn't move. I'd, I'd have to go look at the trade book that Colin Ward has drawn up, worked hard on that. Uh, but. You know, Kairou is still there. Didn't expect him to get moved. Uh, anyways, uh, Hoffman's there. Like, Lockhart's still there. Like, there's there's some guys. Like, you'd see Lalonde here. He could get hot and have a weekend like this, and you could see the Erie Otters coming away with a couple of wins. So, uh, you never really do know, uh, especially in the Western Conference. It's always tough. Um, so, you know, definitely deserving of it. Uh, a couple other candidates that were considered for, uh, for this title award honor, uh, Niagara ice dogs, goaltender, Josh Rosenswag. He is the number one for the ice dogs, uh, moving forward to finish out the season. He was two and O over the weekend, his first career OHL shutout. And then he followed it up pretty good performance on Saturday against the Sudbury wolves. Uh, a couple goals, really no chance for him to stop, but, uh, he got it. He got the five, four win, um, over Sudbury Saturday at home. And then, of course, Joe Verbetic of the North Bay Battalion, 71 saves in a pair of wins. He had a 237 goals against average and a 934 save percentage over those two contests. So very deserving. All three goaltenders easily could have won it. So Big time. All right. And, if, and also a quick thing about Erie. Erie is a team where if they don't get off to a bad start, they're in a playoff spot right now. So – that's the thing. They just underachieved at the start of the year, but that's where we talked about how the starts are so important. 
if they got off to a better start, they're right in the mix of it right now because they're good. They're good. Mm-hmm. They're legit. They have a good. They have a good top defenseman. They have good forwards up front, and they have good goaltending. Obviously, with the player of the week, so they're not a team to write off, like you said, Reese. And I just want to mention that. And that's why starts are so important. Yeah. And everyone says, "Oh, it's just it's early. It's early," but it's not early when you get off to a slow start because it always comes back to bite you. Yeah, who knows if Erie would have won three, four more games to start the year. They wouldn't have been in first or, you know, even the top four, but they would have been in the mix in the middle and maybe close to that six, seven spot, right? You never really do know. It's a difference that eight points can make, right? Yep, exactly. All right, Colin, stat of the day. Yeah, so there's a couple for me. Do you have a sponsor? I will afterwards. Okay, afterwards, okay. So you can listen to me ramble while you mention a sponsor. Oh, so I've got the sponsor. It's just oh, got to get perfect. the stat of the day in there. Okay, perfect. So the first stat of the day, Levi Merrillinen, 13 for 13 this year in the skills competition in the shootout. That's impressive. That is very impressive. 13 for 13 this year. He's in the, the anti-Jimmy Howard. Yes, yes. Yeah. Jimmy Howard, it looks like you go in on a beach ball and beat him five holes somehow. <laughs> but – Carolina 13 for 13. That's very hard because the shootout is very tough for goalies. It favors the shooter like crazy. Can you imagine in there when you got Misak in the East, you have McTavish in the East, they're coming in on you and it's a free for all. They just can't spin around or stop skating. But you, that stop skating thing is kind of dumb because Patrick Kane can go in and stick handle like crazy and beat you somehow without moving. But all of a sudden for Patrick Kane, you cannot move your feet all of a sudden. So um, it was interesting to see 13 for 13. I think that's very impressive because I say forwards, it favors a shooter like crazy. They can come in, stick handle you. Very good by the Ottawa Senators prospect. That's a very impressive stat. Um, and that's a good one, 13 for 13, Merrill And Also, Kevin Hastings will officiate his 1,000th game next game of the uh, officiate team. It's supposed to be next Sunday night in Guelph or in Kitchener against Guelph. But that will not be the case as golf's postponed for the next three games. So next game, next game that he officiates, Kevin Hastings, 1,000th game. Pretty good. He had he has 22 years of experience. Wow. So congrats to Kevin Hastings. That's really impressive. Well, I and mean, also, we, we saw him Sunday, and that was – He's always – You know, it, it was hilarious because in warm-ups, of course, with no crowd, the broadcast, you had Mike Farwell, you had Mike Stubbs up at the top. Um, of course, Chris Pope and uh, Jim Van Horn, and then whoever, you know, everyone else who was up there. Kevin Hastings comes skating out onto the ice for warm-ups, starts waving like everyone. Everyone star. starts clapping and waving, hey, Hastings, what's Look. going on? Like, it was that, was, that was funny to watch. And, and she, it, it really seems like, and that's one thing with the no fans, you see how much the relationship is between the officials and the players and the, and the opposing teams, mm-hmm. because – you can really see the grip they have on the game. And that was really interesting to see how well like Kevin Hastings. He's a lot like the West Macaulay in the Ontario Hockey League, you could say. I see that. that was, but, yeah, that was really interesting. That was really interesting to see that for sure. He gets the old, like, Bronx cheer. Hey, yeah. They should have pumped the crowd noise. They should have pumped the well, crowd noise. Well, I also saw him take a picture with one of the London Knights, but I can't, I can't remember who it was. I'm sure there's a picture out there somewhere. If someone knows where it is, they could send it our way. That'd be awesome. But I can't remember who the player yeah. was. So um, that was a nice moment. I was kind of wondering what was going on there. But, I mean, if you're coming towards a milestone, maybe just like, hey, like take a picture. Or maybe be a family, family friend. friends. Like, yeah. Yeah. You see that a, you see that a fair bit. And also, uh, 
another stat and another referee that's very well liked. And this isn't really a stat. It's more of a congratulations. Dustin McCrank, he will be an Olympic referee at the Olympics. So that's a big congrats to him. That's really cool for our league because it's always nice to see the officials from our league represent at the highest level. It's definitely deserved to know Dustin McCrank a lot like Kevin Hastings has a lot of credibility in the league. He's been around for a while. Very good referee, Dustin McCrank in the Ontario High. He's one of the best referees we have. So uh, big congrats to Dustin, and uh, that's a major accomplishment as well. Colin Ward's stat of the day brought to you by Heated Seats. Heated Seats. Much needed when it's minus 10 degrees. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I could say something else, but I don't want to get in trouble. (laughs) 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 Oh, my. Yeah. Very cold yesterday coming out of the yard. Right. When hot chocolate is cold chocolate, it's something. Because I remember walking in, I drank my hot chocolate in like two minutes yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The arena. Like, That's one thing about it. Timmy's. Their hot chocolates are pretty warm. Like You could it burn me, yourself drinking those. Yeah, it took me a while to order it. There was a little bit of confusion, but oh, well. At least they're working. Yeah. Congrats. Ranford. It's very yeah, true. So. Very good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Time for a break. That was a 21-minute segment. Oh, well. No big deal. It was a big deal. Uh, when we come back, the trade deadline happened, uh, came to an end uh, Monday afternoon. So we will get to winners, losers, splashes, and crickets next here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Devaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook uh, at the OHL in 60 podcast. The link tree is there uh, where you can find the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and the Bulldogs audio network. Of course, again, at the OHL in 60 podcast. Well, the second best part of the show this week, of course, best part will be chatting with Reed Duthie, all things Mason McTavish and Hamilton Bulldogs post-trade deadline. We're going to go back to December 31st when we really think that you know things started to Get not heat up, but you know, kind of some of the little bit bigger names started to go off the board and be moved. Uh, so we will start December 31st, Cameron Baber, uh, goes from the Saginaw Spirit to the London Knights. London giving up a 2025 fourth-round pick and a conditional 2025 sixth-round pick for the former Saginaw Spirit captain. Very good ad. Very good ad. We mentioned it a little bit last week. Very good ad. Baber is uh, 55% of the face-off dot. Recently wrote the OA article. You can get it on the OHL and 60s website. Um, Recently wrote my first article. That a boy. OA trade deadline. Yay. So, uh, Cameron Bay, Cameron <laughs> solo lap, solo oh, yeah. key lap. But yeah, um, Baber for sure, very good leader and um, very impressed by his game. 55% the faceoff thought. He reminds me a lot of when they got, obviously, the points aren't like this person, but he reminds me a lot of Mitchell Stevens. Mitchell Stevens was like that. Pretty good reference. Yeah, yeah, Mitchell Stevens, right? They, he comes in, he wins all the draws. 
And that's yeah. what it was in 2018, no, 17, 2017, when Mitchell Stevens came at the deadline, like it really helped them out a lot. And it really took the pressure off the young guys like Robert Thomas to win some big draws for the London Knights at the time. And this reminds me identical to that same with former Saginaw captain. Uh, January 3rd, Niagara Ice Dogs get in on the action. They acquire Brendan Sirizotti from the Ottawa 67s. Uh, Guelph's second round pick in 2023 heads back. And we'll kind of include the second one along with it. Again, we're not really going to try and go through every trade. If you want to look and see all the trades that went down, well, since the start of the season, uh, under media notes or under media, you should see media notes. And then underneath the bad part, the suspensions, uh, you'll see all of the trades. So hasn't been been many lately. Yeah. um, Sirizotti is just an ice time move. Wasn't playing in Ottawa. Gets an opportunity in Niagara. Yeah. Uh, and then they send Cameron Butler to the Oshawa Generals, an 11th rounder in 2024, and a second rounder in 2025 heading back to Niagara. Yeah, that was very interesting to see Oshawa buy like this, in my opinion. But Cameron Butler, basically, he just got the tires rolling, as you'll see in the future uh, trades, yeah. as you already know, with Olsen coming over after that. There's, there's a couple of big news by the Oshawa Generals that were a little surprising, but Oh, well, they're going in. They're going for it. Yep. Uh, just one minor one. Uh, Mr. Onuska, I guess, one of three goaltenders that London had. Uh, he goes to Windsor. Sixth and a fourth round pick heading back to the London Knights. And then that would be the first of three in a row for the Spitfires. Uh, Kyle McDonald and Grayson Ladd head to North Bay for Josh Curry. Owen Sound's second round pick this year, Sault Ste. Marie's third round pick next year, as well as Oshawa's fourth round pick next year. That one uh, has a condition on it. And then the last one by the Spitz on this day, January 5th, they acquire Andrew Parrott from the Owen Sound attack in exchange for four draft picks, a second, third, or a second, two thirds, and a sixth rounder. Big ad there, big ad there. I really like that ad. Andrew Parrott's a really good player. I like what he, I like what him and Mark Woolley did and Owen Sound together on that top D pair for the attack. Very, very good veteran leader. Wears his heart on his sleeve. Very gritty. Prototypical defenseman. Now you draw him up to be your number one defenseman. Really, the points are coming this year. Right in the top five on D for assist leaders this year. Nice to see that. Very good ad for the Windsor Smith Flyers. Yeah, they have to compete with a... Well, a really competitive and good Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds team, as well as, you know, the Flint Firebirds who are coming out of this trade deadline still with Brennan Othman. So uh, yeah, that, 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 uh, that West division is still really good. A lot of depth uh, from a few teams, especially with Windsor, especially with Windsor making the right move. Sorry, Reese, 29 games played for Windsor, 32 for Sioux, 38 points for Sioux. 36 for Windsor. So the yeah. ball's in your court if your Windsor. Very good decision to buy. Conservatively buy, you could say. But they conservatively got better at the same time. So mm-hmm. good moves good moves all around for the Windsor Spitfires. I like what they did. Yeah, and of course, winning your division, you could have the fourth or fifth most points if you win the division. You are the number yeah. two seed in your conference. So That goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Big time. You go from playing the seventh seed to the sixth. Or yep. go from playing the sixth, fifth, to going to play the seventh. All right, to the Barry Colts. A couple of moves in a couple of days. January 5th, I'll start with this one, then we'll move on to the 
much bigger one. Uh, yeah. Nicholas Porco goes from the Barry Colts to the Owen Sound attack. Owen Sound gives back a fifth in 2022 and a 12th rounder in 2023. Both of those are Owen Sound picks. And then January 6th, one day later, who saw this coming after getting Mac Guzda? Oscar <clears throat> Olison goes to the Oshawa Generals for Kevin Needance, a second rounder in 2022, third rounder in 2022 third rounder in 2024 and a sixth rounder in 2023. The sixth rounder is the only pick that the Oshawa generals are giving up. The other ones, Peterborough's second, Ottawa's third and Niagara's third. Yeah. Because I think they already spent all their picks on the Phil Tomasino deal yep. two years ago. Absolutely. They so did. That was interesting. They were trading, they were trading 13 year olds. Well, now those guys are 15 in the draft here. So yep. There's the, there's the plot twist, but very interesting. Oscar Olson, the puck explodes off his stick. Very, very high-skilled player. Really good player for them. But the only concern I have about Oshawa is, and I like their forwards now up front, they're very good. They have drivable players, guys that can drive lines now. They didn't really have that originally. They have guys that can score now consistently, which is big. The one problem is, how will they perform from the back out? There was talks about yeah. them being in on Jack Thompson. That didn't go through, obviously, but that's the big decision in my opinion right now is how are they going to how are they going to keep the puck out of their net? That's going to be the big situation now, and we'll see. Yeah, well, no, well, and that's the thing. I think both of us aren't, you know, we're not anti uh, Papasakis and Lever, but exactly looking Lever at some of the other and steel games. Yeah, like. Looking at some of the other goaltending combos, though, you kind of wonder how they stack up against them. Like, I mean, I, again, we wouldn't say Hamilton has the greatest goaltending duo, but they have, like, one best of the defense. best defense cores in the Ontario Hockey League. Them and London are top two easily. Um, but you compare them to some of the other goalie tandems in the league. I mean, Brett Brochu is a tandem of his own. That's how good he is. <laughs> Uh, Matt Guzda is in the same tier with Barry. Like it's, but I mean, if you if you have two good, it's better than just having one good and a meh backup. I guess you could look at it that way. But yeah, like you said, it's just you're wondering what they're like moving from the from the blue paint out. Uh, Of course, their forwards very good. Just a little bit of a question mark. All right, Uh, big one for the Hamilton Bulldogs. Initially, got the ball rolling. Uh, sixth and seventh. Yeah, it did. Uh, sixth and seventh. We'll start with the sixth trade. Uh, they grab Arbor Jacki from the Kitchener Rangers. They give up, as we mentioned, uh, part of our featured game. He scored his first as a Kitchener Ranger. And Navrin Mutter to the Rangers. Oshawa's second in 2022. Saginaw's third in 2023. Oshawa's third in 2024. Hamilton's second in 2025. And a conditional fourth rounder in 2023. Also from Hamilton. And then the second move, they send Chandler Romeo to the Sarnia Sting for a second and third round pick, uh, 2022 for the second and 2023 for the third. Yeah, nice move for Sarnia. Romeo is a really good defenseman. I thought Chandler Romeo was the most underrated defenseman this year for the Hamilton Bulldogs. He was really good. And Reed Duffy mentioned that last week. He was up in the play a lot. He was active, and he was a very crucial player on their power play even. So that was very impressive to see Chandler Romeo do his thing a little bit and get a chance to play in Sarnia. But, yeah, Sarber Jack is a very good get, very good player, very good defenseman, gritty, hard on his sleeve, a lot like Andrew Parrott. Very exciting to see him go to Hamilton because him and Nathan Stalos on that top pair, I would imagine, 
is going to be elite. When Jordan Donovan, when Jordan Donovan is your sixth defenseman, yeah, that's it. You're, you're a contender. You're a contender before you make the McTavish deal. Yeah, uh, I'd say so. And I mean, you can kind of look at it as they're, you know, Jack I mutter. They're the same person, just forward and defense. Uh, you know, with, with this move, Jack, I just, like we said, Hamilton's decor just gets oh so much better. I mean, Navin Mutter, very valuable player. You knew a haul like this would be involved, whether it was for Mutter or for Jack, I obviously the bigger haul uh, for Arbor Jack, I from Hamilton, but you know, kind of the same player just up front uh, and back on D and then you move to the seventh deal. Chandler Romeo uh, flipped for two picks. Well, those two picks didn't last very long in Hamilton. Two days, as both of them are headed to Peterborough. Uh, that's, of course, Sarnia second and third, 2022 and 2023, respectively. So, I mean, when you when you saw that coming, uh, where Romeo gets moved for a second and Again, third round pick. It's, something else is in the works. Yeah, you knew it was just a matter of who was it going to be. Like, you knew it was going to be a big name. Was it going to be McTavish? It ended up being McTavish. Could it have been, you know, Brennan Othman from Flint? Would that have been something Hamilton would have done? Like there were so many, so many big names still obviously on the board. And of course, at the time, January 7th, it was just a matter of time before Steve Steos in the front office pulled that one off. So um, for them, it was just, it was a domino effect uh, for the entire week into the weekend. So that's for sure. Sarnia Sting, they got in on the action. They made a deal with the Guelph Storm. Uh, Braden Guy, Ashton Reeser head to the Guelph Storm, who we knew they had to make <laughs> some moves with everyone else getting in on it. Uh, Marco Sikic heads to Sarnia, as well as a Flint third rounder this year. Yeah, interesting move. It's funny. All Sarnia is always, that could have been like a little stat of the day, even though it's not a stat, but all Sarnia's always or all Guelph's OAs are all Sarnia Sting OAs now. Yeah. The pre earlier, Reeser, and now Braden Guy. So pretty interesting. Just take the OA class from uh, Sarnia. Yeah, then we get into Sunday when we're getting all ready to go for the featured game uh, between the London Knights Kitchen Rangers. Rangers pulled off a deal, and I think this happened either just before or just after we got into the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium. Uh, Declan McDonald goes to the Barry Colts along with Kitchener's second in 2025 and Kitchener's fourth in 2025. Both picks do have a condition on them. Um, this is interesting. Hunter Bruzdewicz. Nice to Michigan commit. Yeah. You'll, uh, you'll get to hear his name a lot. He heads to Kitchener along with Barry's fourth rounder and second rounder. Actually, their second, third, and fourth rounder in 2023. The second and third rounder, though, have conditions on them. So, um, you know, bye-bye, Olison. Hello, McDonald. Interesting. Marty, what, what are you doing? Very interesting to see what they're doing. I wonder if a lot of ownership – I wonder if ownership has a lot on this. Yeah. I wonder if this is ownership because it's very – you don't see Marty Williams to make moves like this. And I was very surprised they went out and made the McDonald trade because I was – Right away, I was thinking, okay, this is a very, very good opportunity for guys like, hey, Shogas, not a big deal. Bo Jalsman, he's had a really good rookie season. Hunter Haight, Cooper Matthews, they have some good young guys there where I thought, okay, this is perfect. They're going to get some playing time. Let's go. But then you make a move like that. 
But hey, Sunday afternoon at the Bayshore, Bo Jelsma, first line center. So I guess they're doing it a little bit, but I re- I was really excited to see those young guys in their draft year, like Bo Jelsma's in his draft year, who has interest from a lot of NHL teams would be a very, that's a very good opportunity. And you'll see the points come. You saw it in Hamilton this year when Barry was there. You're going to see it because Bo Jelsma gets points when he gets the opportunity. So I was very excited. So hopefully that continues. Hopefully he continues to get the opportunity because he's collecting a lot of points. and He's definitely a very good pick to watch out for in the third round of the NHL draft. Yeah. You know, to me, I look at this move and at first I thought, like I said, Marty, what are you doing here? But you know, yeah. that, then thinking back in 2015, yeah, a man by the name of Josh Hosang made his way from Windsor to Niagara. Niagara didn't compete for a championship championship that year they did the next year 2015-16 this kind of looks like the same move as that because i mean the way olsen's playing is there really a huge chance he's back in the ontario hockey league next year i would bet against no i that's tough for me so i think this is a move that marty says all right let's you know all these guys are you know 17 18 years old we're going for it next year and that's that's what we're yeah. going to plan for. And this kind of seems like that move to me, kind of like that Hosang deal uh, in 2015. So, yeah, for oh, sure. Maybe that's what Marty's going after. Well, there. plus with Olson, plus with Olson, you want to get his true value. You want to get something yeah. for him before that because he's an import. Being a Euro, he had AHL eligibility this year. Yep. So probably next year, yeah, he's in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, and we kind of waited for the Saturday night because we knew something was going to happen. Jake Uberti scratched from the Niagara Ice Dogs uh, lineup against the Sudbury Wolves. Okay, we know what's going on. We know he's not hurt. So it was just a matter of time waiting for the announcement. And, you know, Joey Burke on the pregame show, or sorry, I guess it was the second intermission, um, was nice to join Ted uh, before the game. Actually, I think it was like three or four hours before the game. Um, they chatted and, oh yeah, there's a couple of moves coming. Just didn't really know what was going on. Then of course we found out Uberti was scratched and he eventually makes his way to Mississauga coming back to the ice dogs, a second, third and fourth round pick all from Mississauga 2023 for the second 2025 for the third and the fourth. Yeah. Good. Good addition. Good addition for them for Mississauga. That's a good addition. They get a good forward. You can play on the top line. Play anywhere. He's going to get chameleon. He can blend in anywhere in the lineup. Free. You can play on the third line, play on the second line, play on the first line, kill penalties, play on your power play. Good player. Just needs to clean up. Just, just needs to clean up the penalties. Other than yeah, that, good player. Absolutely. We will skip the McTavish trade. I'm sure we'll talk about that for at least 10 minutes with Reed Duffy. So um, we'll get into details about him joining the Hamilton Bulldogs with Reed in just a few minutes here. Skip over to the Sioux Greyhounds, and we'll kind of include their second deal uh, on Monday. First, Jack Thompson goes from the Sudbury Wolves to the Greyhounds. Uh, Mark Boudreau and Jacob Holmes, as well as Hamilton's second rounder in 2022, heading back to Sudbury as well. The Sioux Greyhounds getting Ty Anselmini from the Mississauga Steelheads. Mississauga gets a 10th round pick in return from Sue. Yeah. 
And also Chase Stillman to Peterborough was a big one too with Sudbury. Quickly wanted to touch on that. I know we only have a couple minutes before Reed comes on, but yeah, I want to quickly touch on the last trade at the deadline. J Chase Stillman to Peterborough. Interesting move, that's for sure. Alex Friand starting his second round pick in 2022. Owen Sounds third round pick in 2023. Kitchener's third rounder in 2023. Niagara's second rounder in 2024. Hamilton's third rounder in 2024. So the they didn't last on to those Hamilton picks for McTavish very long. Yeah. Very, very interesting. This was the most interesting move, which kind of was odd. Because I, if I'm Peterborough, they made those all those moves a couple of years ago for Akil Thomas. And I'm thinking you've had an opportunity. You have three really good players in your lineup right now. Can you compete for can you compete for a J. Ross Robertson Cup right now? My thoughts is no. But okay. Tavish, you got guys like Avon, Tucker Robertson, really good opportunity to get picks. They got a lot of picks for Roberts, for uh, McTavish. It was kind of odd. It was kind of odd. And uh, it was very interesting for sure. I don't know what you think about that, Reese, but in my opinion, that was very odd to see that move. Yeah, I mean, when you're in Peterborough's situation, you give up a star like McTavish, and that kind of means, okay, yep, you're not packing it in, but you're getting ready for a rebuild. and For the draft. Um, yeah, you're, you want to load up for the draft, much like Niagara did. Akil Thomas, Phil Tomasino, both gone. They're getting ready to pick in the top five, the Ice Dogs. Well, the Peterborough Peets, they, they didn't give up a pick. or Yeah, they didn't give up a pick lower than the third round. Two second rounders and three third rounders Plus a really good player in Ferrand. Always have trouble with that one. Um, yeah, same. Like you're you're in a situation that you're clearly not going to win a championship. Like I agree with you, Colin. I don't think they're in a position to win uh, J. Ross Robertson right now. That's where you got to watch the overvalue, right? Yeah, and I I'm not saying every Chase year, Stillman's every not year worth you see it. it. I'm not saying Ch Chase Stillman's not worth it. What they gave up. Just it's odd in the situation Peterborough is in that yeah they would get Chase Stillman, but I mean well, especially Sudbury Wolves like they're looking like heroes right now because they're getting a couple of or they're getting five really so, high picks they, and a so really good player. When the, and when the trade book when the trade book comes out, I'll probably release it on a website maybe Friday. But when you look at the picks, so. The McTavish deal, and we're going to touch on that in a few minutes. They gave up six picks, or Hamilton gave up six picks for Mace McTavish. They traded five and a player. So they're only keeping Malie and a player out of that deal and getting Chase Stillman. I don't know. I don't know. I'd trust my drafting more often, unless they don't like the draft this upcoming years. But there's only one pick in 2022. So how can you trust the draft in 2024, right? Like yeah. you got two picks there, you got two picks in 2023. So 2022, you only have one pick that you get that you give up. So it can't be that you don't like the draft because you give up a lot of picks and other drafts too. So it was just interesting in my opinion. Yeah. That's Unless the thing. Turn. That's the thing. You give up those five picks and I mean, you get, so you only have two left for like, McTavish. Good deal for Hamilton. Yeah. I mean that, that Hamilton pick, if you know, Hamilton goes all in, they end up winning a championship. Well, we'll see what happened last time they won the next year. They were the eight seed and they were gone in the first round. Whereas Niagara, yeah. They're planning on being good by 2024. If Peterborough keeps on to that pick, there's a good chance that will be at the lower end. Kitchener, same situation. Like if they're planning on, you know, they're in no position to win. 
Pinelli. That pick will be lower. It's you know Owen Sound. Who knows where they're where they will be? Um, Sarnia's pick might be decently high this year. Um, but again, who yeah. who knows for sure, right? So um, yeah, just just odd. I think is the right word for that. But um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of kind of how it all went down leading up to the trade deadline on Monday. We didn't cover it, but we will. After the break, Mason McTavish heads from the Peterborough Peets to the Hamilton Bulldogs. Reed Duthie, voice of the Bulldogs, is going to join us to chat all things McTavish, chat all things Bulldogs trade deadline. And we will wonder if he threw a one or two person party, I guess, uh, and his wife, um, after McTavish was acquired from Peterborough. Uh, so we will talk with him next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Dumaney along with Colin Ward. Well, we went through the majority of the trades in the last segment. Uh, we kind of skipped a pretty big one because, uh, well, the man that is joining us right now, pretty excited. It was a good Sunday for him. I mean, just it's going to lead into the rest of the season. Reed Duthie joining us, voice of the Hamilton Bulldogs. Reed Mason McTavish. Wow. But did something important happen, guys? <laughs> it's been it's been yes. a long weekend. Yeah. Wow. Not um, a big deal. I, I was I, I was stunned. Um, I mean, you know, when when Steve Steos decides he's going for it, he goes for it. You saw that back oh. in 2018, yeah. and he he's done it again. I mean, he goes and gets Arbor Jackeye, which was a great trade to open up, really solidified the defense for the Bulldogs. And then you get Mason McTavish, and it was very similar to 2018 doing the Riley Stillman and then Robert Thomas deals. So it, it does have that same feel to it. And you consider that, as I talked about last time with you guys, we haven't seen Ryan Winterton once yet this season. So now you're not just adding Mason McTavish into your lineup, but you're going to add Ryan Winterton in as well. Uh, that's essentially like another major trade deadline addition. This Bulldogs team looks like it, it could be very, very special at this point. Yeah, well, and that Mason McTavish deal was set up right on the on the seventh of January. McTavish gets dealt on the ninth. You know, you see Chandler Romeo uh, go to Sarnia, second and third round pick for him, which is what he is worth. Uh, Chandler Romeo, I think he'll do well in Sarnia for sure. But you just knew something was coming, and you know, you had the top names. You had uh, Chase Stillman up there, Mason McTavish, obviously Jack Thompson. I mean. Um, Brennan Othman, his name, you know, kind of been thrown around there. Of course, you guys take Ar Arbor Jacki, but you know, it just the way Hamilton was positioned heading into the trade deadline weekend, and it was really unfortunate you guys were unable to play. But I guess that kind of gave Steve Stales a little bit uh, more thinking time in terms of what he wanted to do. But uh, just where you guys were set up coming into this weekend and into Monday at noon, um, you guys were ready for this, and you look like you're ready for another OHL championship. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the, at this point the run is on and it, it's yeah. going to be uh, talking to coach Jay McKee. It's, it's going to be the grind now. It's every day. These guys have the talent. They, they have to play up to it now. And that's going to be on the guys on the ice and, and the coaches to put them in the right spots. But you said it when you, when you look at how this developed over time, Chandler Romeo, you know, he's a loss because he, 
is a great character and, and you nailed it, Reese. He's going to be really, really good for the Sarnia Sting. I like Chandler Romeo a lot, both as a person and a player. He's a great kid, great character, but you bring in an Arbor Jack Eye, three 2001s on the blue line. You know, how many minutes is Chandler Romeo going to play? And, and yeah. you know, he can go to a place in Sarnia where for his development as an 03, because he got stuck without the season the year before, you don't want him to take a step back. He'll get huge minutes in Sarnia and essentially everybody kind of wins in that sense. And the Bulldogs are able to spin those picks into getting the Mason McTavish in the deal. So the way it was done, it helps out Chandler Romeo's progression, which I know Steve Stales loves. If he can't give a guy ice time, he's going to find a place where he's going to go and play. And then you get, I'm going to say the best player in the Ontario hockey league in Mason McTavish walking through the door and I mean, that gets everybody excited. The, the fans, I can't wait till the fans can be back in first Ontario center. Yep. And uh, you know, the, the team is excited. I'm excited. The front office is excited. It's, it's one of those times where everybody really feels like something special is on the way. Yeah, for sure. And Reed, we were just talking off air and he said he had a good answer for me. So you mentioned the Robert Thomas deal before in 2018, where does this deal, the Mason McTavish deal rank in Bulldogs history? Is it up there with Robert Thomas? It Absolutely. Like it. Absolutely. Now you can't say it's, it's number one right now because of what Robert Thomas yeah. did, but he, if you look at the, yes, he, he, and, and he won everything. He won the, exactly. the OHL title and the MVP. <laughs> um, if you look at Mason McTavish now compared to when the Bulldogs picked up Robert Thomas, it is eerily similar. And McTavish is actually a year younger. Mason McTavish is an incredibly special talent. He's a number three overall pick in the National Hockey League and one of the few guys that's ever yeah. upgraded their selection from where they were taken in the OHL to where they were taken in the NHL, went five to Peterborough, three to Anaheim. This could be, by the time we finish, the biggest deal in Hamilton Bulldogs history. If this brings the second championship to Hamilton, it very well could be the biggest one because of the profile that Mason McTavish has now and the profile he's going to have as a pro. I think 10 years from now, we're going to look back and Mason McTavish is going to be the most accomplished player that has rolled through the Bulldogs. And that is a tough statement to make considering what Robert Thomas has already done. But McTavish is that special guys. This is uh, the kind of talent that, I mean, it's, it's neck and neck now. What's it going to look like in 10 years? Yeah, for sure. And Reed, another question is, and I mean, you're around the team, obviously, firsthand. What's the vibe like when Mason McTavish walks in the room? You always see that when you add a guy like Mason McTavish, you always see that swagger is different. You're walking lighter, you're looser, right? Because you got that guy. What's the vibe like around the team now when you get a guy like Mason McTavish? You know, what's amazing, guys. The, the vibe around this team was already incredible. And yeah, you, you go can back feel it. to absolutely this a is a tight-knit group yep yep this is a tight-knit group of players they love being around one another and they did this to get themselves to this point to be contenders without ryan winterton for a full season colton cammer has missed 11 games grushnikov had been in and out with an injury uh, nathan steos had been through a suspension he had other injuries uh and, and guys out with non-covid illnesses earlier on in the season uh to be where they are was spectacular, and they were playing with serious swagger. Now add Arbor yeah. Jacki, add Mason McTavish, add Ethan Sims and Giordano Biondi, 
and there is a real big feeling. Everybody is ready to take that next step in that Bulldogs locker room. And I think, uh, especially with Jack Eye on that blue line, everybody's six inches yeah. taller today, and everybody's feeling good about the skill game watching Mason McTavish up front. And when I mentioned the pregame warm-up, that seat before ice warm-up, the off-ice warm-up, because they get the tunes cranked. It's a good vibe there underneath the stands at First Ontario Center and on the road as well, because you can tell it's a loose bunch when you hear the boombox going, the football's throwing, the yelling, the screaming. It's just a nice environment. And That uh, boombox is the loudest thing I've ever heard in my life. It almost vibrated down the hall. You can hear that thing up top in the gondolas, which is impressive. That's impressive. That's a long ways up there. It's a good view, but that's a long ways up there to hear that. And, yeah, you can hear it clearly. Also, you mentioned Arbor Jack. Obviously, another massive move. You saw defense go for a lot, and it was a big move. You trade a guy like Navar Mutter, who's meant so much to that Hamilton franchise. He's, he's hits everything that moves. He's, he's kind of the identity of Hamilton. But then you get the Hamilton own Arbor Jack in town. Where does he slide into that team? And you mentioned everyone's walking lighter today with Arbor Jacka because he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's blue chip. He's blue collared. He's everything that you want in a defenseman. What do you think of that Arbor Jacka deal? Where does he slide in with the Bulldogs? I mean, I think it could be argued that the Bulldogs acquired the best defenseman and the best forward in the Ontario Hockey League. And Arbor Jacka, and I say that, and you got to put Nathan Steos in that same category with the way he's played this season. Do the yep. Bulldogs have two of the top three, top four D in the league right now? And Arbor Jackeye steps in as a as quite the complement, and you could play them together, or you could play them on different pairs and have two completely different looks. You're right in that Navarin Mutter having to go, and man, I hated that you couldn't have an extra OA this season because of what happened a year ago. Because yeah. to lose Navarin Mutter is not fun. I mean, he's a he's a wonderful guy, and I know people see him on the ice and the bone-crushing hits, and they love what he brings on the ice. Off the ice, Navarin Mutter's a really nice, really kind, really thoughtful guy that will be missed around the room. The nice thing is they got a very similar personality in Arbor Jacki, who is like having another coach essentially along that bench for the defense and who has one of the best stories you're ever going to hear, undrafted into the O, undrafted into the N, and he's made his way into both of them. This is the kind of guy, and that he's a Hamilton guy, as you mentioned, that everybody is going to feed off of. There's a little bit extra for him winning a championship in his hometown, and everybody is going to rally around that. I think it was a big, big move for the Bulldogs, and it really secures that blue line. Yeah, well, and talk about Navin, Navin Mutter. First goal as a Kitchener Ranger on Sunday, so uh, congrats to him. And, I mean, good spot in Kitchener. They're – it's tough because they're not clearly in the spot that Hamilton's in, but um, you know, to finish out his OHL career, I think it's a good spot in Kitchener for him to be uh, with that great franchise, great coach in, uh, in McKenzie. So uh, he should be in a good spot, but you know, we've kind of rolled over those big names as we chat with Reed Duthie here on the OHL and 60 podcast, but you've mentioned uh, Sims and Beyondy. you know, there's, of course, the McTavish move is going to be talked about. You know, you're going to talk about Jack Eye, what he brings to the blue line, but talk about those depth guys because Sims and Biondi, they're not going to be, you know, in the spotlight on the first line all the time. They're not going to be on that top power play, but, you know, mentioned it beforehand. They're going to kill penalties. They're going to play on that fourth line, that important role line where 
you know, you may get thrown out after a goal to try and keep the momentum going, maybe get a face off in the offensive end, get that top line back out there. Just, you know, talk about them and what they mean to that bottom part of the lineup and, you know, round out that depth of the team. They were really interesting moves because I think it's two guys that now have a chance to play in, in a spot that really they haven't had the opportunity to in their OHL careers. And I think it could be real payoff moves for both. Go back in time to the 2018 championship team. And you look at that fourth line that Ben Garrigan, Zach Jackson, Navarin Mutter at times, Isaac Nurse was on that line. Mm-hmm. And how important those guys were along the way. And specifically a guy like Ben Garrigan, who killed penalties, played with speed, played with tenacity, got into the corners, and he would give you those big quality shifts and hem in opposition's number one, number two line into their own zone, force them to play in the other end, and then give the Bulldogs their three scoring lines an opportunity to take the puck. Ethan Sims and Giordano Biondi fit that mold. They're not the biggest guys, but they're extremely fast. They're hardworking guys who want to get the puck in deep, trap it down low, cycle it, and force you to play 200 feet from their net. If they can bring that energy and that skill set into this Bulldogs team and you combine them on a fourth line with maybe a Patrick Thomas, maybe a Cole Brown, you know, depending on how the, the lines work around, could you maybe see an Ethan Sims with a Lawson Shirk? There's going to be a lot of opportunity for these guys. And with their skill sets, they could be that Garrigan style of player that you need to have. You can't just rely on three lines. You have to be able to roll a fourth if you're going to win a championship and they can give you those quality minutes that you're going to need on the stretch run. I like both of those pickups, especially for the price. I think they could be steals of pickups and they're really going to be good character players for a run. Yeah, for sure. And Hamilton, we saw it in 2018. Like you mentioned, they have a, they've always had a good fourth line. When they go all in, they always have a good fourth line, and they know how to manage that fourth line. And that's a very good point, Reed, because they always have. And um, by the way, as of now, January 27th, it was when the fans were supposed to come back. So that would be January 30th, the Bulldogs' first home game. It's a Sunday afternoon against Kingston at home. So that would be a very good opportunity to see Mason McTavish and Shane Wright like this Sunday. Mason McTavish, Shane Wright squaring off with fans back in first Ontario center. How you draw it up. When I saw that, it was, I tell you, I had to say it because wow. I mean, Oh, it it wouldn't get any better than that. I mean, that could be very well a preview of the Eastern conference final with Kingston and Hamilton squaring off. Kingston made a real nice move getting Alec Belanger. And I mean, they were already a pretty darn good team. They get Zade wisdom back. Now the Bulldogs, add what uh, what we've added and I mean it happened in 2018 it could happen again that these two teams collide further down in the playoffs and what a series that could be yeah for sure I mean you know the moves went throughout the Eastern Conference you can look at the Mississauga Steelheads they got better picking up JQ Birdie uh, from the Niagara Ice Dogs definitely one of the top guys for the for them Uh, Cam Butler goes to Oshawa I mean the North Bay Battalion get better uh, Peterborough, I mean, despite the minus of Mason McTavish, they still pick up a pretty good player in Chase Stillman. I mean, you know, looking at the Bulldogs roster compared to the rest of the East, and I mean, you can possibly throw in a team or two from the West because the Bulldogs will have to go through a Western Conference powerhouse to win that championship. But 
Uh, where do the Bulldogs stack up against the competition uh, as we speak right now as they head into their first game post-deadline against Niagara? Uh, th- this, is a, this is an interesting one because I, I look at it and I, I try to look at it objectively. Uh, obviously, being with the team mm-hmm. uh, and, and seeing what they can do and knowing what the guys that were already there could do, I got to think the Bulldogs are right at the top of the Eastern Conference. I mean, you look at the depth in every position. I don't know that there's another team that has six defensemen, 12 forwards, two goaltenders that are at the level that the Bulldogs have them. Now, they got to see it all working in action to be able to say that. But I got to think they're right there. I mean, I'm sure Kingston is going to have an argument because they bring back Zade Wisdom and that top six is so good. And Marilinen and Net is so good. Their defense just got better. So I I don't want to slight them in the least because I think they're a really good team. I think I I would have those two right at the top, Hamilton one, Kingston two. And then I think North Bay and Mississauga, right? I mean, Mississauga guys, they just don't give up goals. It's hard to score on there. They may not have the, the biggest names, but they know how to keep the puck out of their own net. And they got two goaltenders doing it at a high, high level. And North Bay right in there with that ridiculous first line. I mean, Cohen Petrov can light things up on anybody. So it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a cakewalk. But I think, again, 12 or 13 forwards, however you want to look at that, six, seven defensemen, two goalies. Is there anybody that has the depth of talent that the Bulldogs do? That's where I think they've got that slight edge. Now we've got to see it all work in practice. Yep, for sure. Every day, every day, like you said, mentioned about Jay McKee, every day. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a grind, guys, no matter how you slice it. You said, you for know, sure. having to face a great team from the West, if you, you get to an OHL final, you're going to have to face a couple of really good teams on your way out oh. of the Eastern Conference. There's, there's no, as my partner, Norm Miller, likes to say, there's no free spaces on the OHL bingo card. And there certainly will not be in the playoffs from round one on. This team is going to have to be on its game because everybody has something a little bit different in this East that makes them dangerous, especially those top four. Yeah, for sure. Well, Reed, I mean, that was an exciting week, weekend for the Bulldogs and the entire Ontario Hockey League, actually. Uh, A lot of names being moved, a lot of picks being being moved. So uh, we're excited to finally get this playoff push going. Like we said, Colin, you called it the 27th of January. Let's get the fans back in the building. Let's have some fun because uh, it's not fun having empty seats right now. So, uh, Reed, really appreciate you doing this again. And uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs are going to be exciting. So enjoy the ride. It's always a pleasure, guys. I'm just wondering when I'm going to get some sleep. But that's uh, I can figure <laughs> that out later. We'll, we'll be on the, the road to it again this week and headed down towards playoffs. This is going to be wild. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. It's going to be uh, exciting, that's for sure, to see this playoff run. That's the voice of the Bulldogs, Reed Duthie, here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. 
Thank you again to Reed Duffy for joining us here on the show. Second straight week. Uh, but it was important. I mean, the Bulldogs, they are front runners. Like you said, you could put them in the top two in the Eastern Conference yeah. right now, and they, there would be no question at all. They'd be top four in the Ontario Hockey League, probably top three, top two. But uh, we'll see how that all plays out. And we're hoping no postponement again. Uh, it's going to be a big one. I mean, Colin mentioned it. They'll meet again to welcome fans back to First Ontario Center on January 30th. But they will do battle this coming Sunday, January 16th, 2 p.m. start from Hamilton. It is the Frontenacs and Shane Wright visiting Mason McTavish and the Hamilton Bulldogs. Of course, these records won't be the same heading into this game. But post-trade deadline uh, leading into tonight, Tuesday night, uh, Kingston Frontenacs, Hamilton Bulldogs are... Uh, they're near the top. This will be third meeting of the season between the two clubs. Uh, second one in Hamilton. First contest at the first Ontario Center went the way of the Frontenacs. It was a 5-4 final back on November 27th, whereas that second game also favored Kingston. That was a win on home ice on December 10th, 6-5, uh, the final in that one. And this is just like Reed said, this could be easily an Eastern Conference final preview. I mean, you look back in 2018 when the Bulldogs won the championship. Who did they meet in round three? The Kingston yeah. Frontenacs with Jason Robertson, with uh, Jacob Paquette. These oh. two teams were doing battle for a championship the same year, and it's going to happen this year again uh, with the two clubs, the black and gold for both the Frontenacs and the Bulldogs. And, we're here for it every minute because yeah, lo it Lawson is Lawson Krause, Gable Hardy. Yeah, yeah. Gable Hardy, Lawson Krause. Big boy is there. Cliff um, Poo yeah, that year too. Yep, Cliff Poo, Max awesome. Jones. Yeah. Um, It's it's going to be a big one for sure. It's a four-point game, right? It's a four-point game right now. Obviously, that's going to change. But 2016 played for the Kingston Frontenacs, 37 points. They're currently in second place in the Eastern Conference. And with the Bulldogs, 29 games played, 36 points. So one point separates the two. Kingston's got those games in hand, so it's a big game for Hamilton, that's for sure. Four-point sways, those are always big in the second half. Yeah, and of course a, of course, a rare Tuesday game, uh, which if you're looking at the Ice Dogs schedule, they're having a lot of Tuesday games coming up. So uh, this is a remake or a reschedule, I guess, uh, against the Hamilton Bulldogs Tuesday night at First Ontario Centre. Of course, there's a good chance most people who are listening to this, uh, the game will either be in progress or over, so... Uh, we'll see how that one plays out. Expect Hamilton to absolutely dominate because that is not even fair. Um, so two o'clock. The first line that we heard about, especially with the first line we heard about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And who's line, who's yeah. coming back? So, so two o'clock, January sixteenth, first Ontario Center. It is the Kingston Frontenacs visiting the Hamilton Bulldogs. Now we didn't get to it. Uh, in our trade deadline segment, but uh, just quickly before we round out the show, who are our winners for this year's trade deadline? I mean, let's do one East, one West, because that's kind of what we have to do. It's kind of like baseball, the American League, and the National League. This year, they are two different leagues right now, just because of the rarity of cross-conference play. Obviously, you got Niagara-Hamilton taking on Erie. You get you know all the Northern teams playing each other. But uh, Colin, we'll start with you, and we'll start – 
Uh, we'll go to the West uh, to start. Who won the trade deadline in the Western Conference? Yeah, so the West was kind of interesting because the top team didn't make a lot of moves. I mean, Sue made a move, Windsor made a move, but London Guelph didn't really make the moves. They, they filled out their OA needs, I guess. They filled out their OA needs. And London with their prototypical, we're going to get a good veteran third-line center, second-line center, Cameron Paper. We're going to get a guy that can play with an edge. They've always had a guy that plays with an edge. Mentioned that a few weeks ago, and then all of a sudden a week later, they make the trade. A fact with Ty McSorley. <laughs> and they Cody Morgan, they got early. You mentioned that a couple of days ago, reached about Cody Morgan. It's good they got that trade early because the value would have went through the roof for Cody Morgan if they oh, didn't yeah. make that move when they did. So props to you for that one. My pick is the is the Guelph Storm. I know it's off the board, but the Guelph Storm did a sneaky good job, and I think this is what they're planning to do. It's similar to how we know about how Hamilton and Kingston match up right for the playoffs. The Guelph Storm beat the London Knights in 2019 when they reverse swept them. I think this is George Burnett again, trading apples for apples. Okay, OA, OA. All right, you do that, we'll do that too. The Sarnia Sting record this year against the London Knights is very good. So now – Okay, let's go get those veteran guys. Let's go get Braden Guy. Let's go get Richard. Let's go get Cameron Saprika. Let's go get those three guys, and let's try to go out them. All of a sudden, they get Cameron Saprika, who has London's number, the Guelph Storm, who had London's number in the West Division, the Sarnia Sting. So I think that's a matchup, and George Burnett's a matchup genius, you could say, in the Ontario Hockey League. He's right up in the top three for matching up, obviously, so Dale Hunter. But good news for Guelph. I have Guelph. Yeah, you're totally right about those top teams. You're like, all right, where's the big move coming? And then exactly, and you don't have to trade a bunch of picks. Exactly, you don't have to overpay for a guy. That's another point because we saw in Sudbury, GMs messed that up big time, and you don't have to go just because one deal doesn't turn out. And this is where I give George Burnett, Mark Hunter, a lot of credit because just because you can't get Mace McTavish where it sounded like London really wanted Mace McTavish. They needed that goal score and he definitely is one. So just because you can't get him or a Chase Stillman, a big name guy, doesn't mean you have to go overpay for a guy that's a third line guy. And that's give them credit for that. That's just veteran general management. Management. That's why I give credit to George Burnett, Mark Hunter. That's why, because sometimes the best move is the move you don't make. And we saw London on Sunday afternoon in Kitchener, how good they looked, even without with the same roster. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, London got better January 1st when number 24 came back. So, yes. Um, and, and 27. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Krill Stekalov, Lilligan. That day. Absolutely. 1000%. Um, yeah. For me, I mean, yeah, I think it's easy to pick the Guelph Storm. Um, I I thought about Windsor. I mean, you know, they I thought getting uh, I like getting Andrew Parrot. I really liked that move. So they're up there mm-hmm. for me. But yeah, it's definitely going to be the the, uh, the Guelph Storm just because of the two additions on D that the London Knights got. The Guelph Storm had to get better. So um, yep. Quickly head to the Eastern Conference. Yeah, for me, I had the, I have them in the OHL final in the media pool. I got. I kind of got torched for this on Twitter when I had this pick, and now I kind of look smart. Um, Hamilton Bulldogs. Uh, in my opinion, this is Steve Steos doing what Steve Steos does. I mean, Reed mentioned it, good fourth line. They've always had a good fourth line. Every team that wins has a good fourth line. Yeah. It's common sense, right, for the matchups. Very good ads there. Very good depth ads for cheap. 
Mason McTavish, top goal scorer. Arbor Jack, a top five defenseman in the Ontario Hockey League. A hard worker, as hard as they come. Get at it's in my opinion, Hamilton Bulldogs. I can't go off them now. I picked yeah. up the start of the year. I can't change. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I was really hoping Barry might make a big splash after, you know, obviously this before Allison leaving, but uh, now I think, yeah, e- easily Hamilton. Uh, they made the big trade this year. We talk about Niagara. I mean, they gave away Phil Tomasino, but look at their return. We think that one in the East that year, this is a yeah. big trade. Although the one player coming back is Mason McTavish and Hamilton nearly didn't give up as much as Oshawa did uh, for Tomasino. So yeah, Hamilton easily uh, coming away with the win uh, through the trade deadline. Obviously Oshawa making a couple of nice moves. I like that Butler move uh, for the Oshawa generals. So you know, we'll see. It'll it'll be a fun stretch to the playoffs. I mean, again, let's get fans back into the building because this empty rink crap really sucks. So, oh, big time. And you know what? I really get the vibe it favors the road team. I quickly want to touch on that before we end it. Sorry, Reese, but the vibe that I got from you on Sunday was that it really favors the road team because you don't have that momentum changing hit crowd noise. Yeah. The speakers and stuff, but it's not the same. It's not the same at all. And you get. Yeah. Like in Kitchener, Navrin Mutter is a crowd player. He is a crowd player. He's perfect. He's and Kitchener is going to love Navrin Mutter. They are going to love him, but. You lose, you lose that. He makes a big hit. You lose that momentum. Francesco Pinelli is going up the wing end to end. He's going toward the net. You don't have that. Oh, oh, like, yeah, you don't have that. You don't have the O's and the ass. You don't have that this year. You don't have the woos. And that's very unfortunate. I can't wait for the fans to get back. I know the players miss them. And there isn't that home, that home arena vibe. You don't get that home ice advantage. Oh, yeah, you get the last change and stuff. But other than that, you, you lose that home ice. So that's a big uh, thing to me. I think it favors some road teams because you don't get the oohs and the ahs. You don't get the woos. You don't get that. And it's a big loss. It is. Because five minutes before the game, Reese, I looked at you and I'm like, I don't believe there's a game starting in five minutes. It was the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium between the London Knights and Kitchener Rangers. Yep. Exactly. All right. That ends it off. Trade deadline review in the books. Playoffs are fast, fast approaching. They'll get here a lot quicker than people think. So uh, just sit back and enjoy the ride. It should be a fun one. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in again to the OHL and 60 podcast. Really appreciate it. Uh, for Colin Ward, I'm Reese Dumaney. Have a fun week, and we will chat in seven days.